you, Jesus. Thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine, God. Thank you that we get to come here and worship you, God. We're so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Can everybody hear me okay out there? Welcome to Waypoint Christian Church via Community of Christ. We want to say thank you to them for allowing us to continue to use their property. It's good to see everybody today, and it is good to be here worshiping with all of you. And we also are really glad to be worshiping with everybody at home or wherever you are on Facebook Live. So it's good to be worshiping with all of you today. I want to remind you that you can go to our Facebook page to get the lyrics for this morning's songs. So if you go to Waypoint's Facebook page, we'll have the lyrics for today's service on there. Also, uh, we just want to continue to remind you, as Braden did at the beginning, if we can stay within the confines of our car space, you can be outside your car, but just try to stay within those confines, and that way we can have plenty of space between everyone. Also, a reminder that we do have a restroom or restrooms available. You can use this side door over here on the east side of the building and make your way into a restroom if that's necessary for you or your family. The other thing that I wanted to mention this morning is, uh, as many of you know, uh, we have several military families here, and we had several that were scheduled to be deployed. And that deployment has been held back, but we have lots of boxes and goodies to send to people who are deployed. And so if any of you out there are aware of anybody that could use some encouragement from us, uh, via a care package sent to them uh, while they're deployed. We'd love to get those names uh, and, and some addresses for those people if you want to send those our way because we'd sure like to, to be able to encourage whoever is overseas and uh, serving our country and quarantined over there as well. So just let us know if you're aware of any of those. And beyond that, we would love to know as a church, uh, whether it's our deacons or our leadership here at the church, if there are any needs within your family or your community that you think that we could serve people in, uh, we just want to be here to serve. And with us not having constant contact throughout the week, it's oftentimes difficult uh, to know where the needs are. So please, uh, whether it's on our website or our Facebook page, get a contact number, email address, and please let us know of any needs that you're aware of in our community or in your family. Guys, it's good to be here this morning. I will pray as we turn our hearts back to worship. Father God, I thank you once again for just a beautiful day. God, a glorious day to praise you for who you are and what you have done. God, we want to worship you as Lord Almighty, Creator, and Savior. God, turn our hearts to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this morning we're coming together to celebrate uh, so Palm Sunday, whenever Jesus, uh, he came, he came in on a donkey and everyone's there. They're excited because their, they, their savior has come to, to save them. I don't think they knew how, um, but we know, we know what Jesus has done for us. And we're here this morning to worship, worship our savior, the one who gave his life for us this morning. I want to read um, out of Psalms 1 this morning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely 
I've gotten to taste the goodness of God. I've seen how awesome he is. I don't know. He's more awesome than I could ever fathom, but I've gotten to see some of just little bits and pieces here in my life of how awesome God is. And it just drives me to want to worship my King and to be in his word and to that's that's where our the fruit comes from not from anything of us but from our king from our savior from meditating on him from dwelling in his word from oh, just being around jesus he is here he hasn't left he's with us so this morning i don't know if you've you've got to experience jesus love but that's that's why they came that day to worship their king whenever he was riding in on the donkeys because they knew there was something different about him. They knew he was coming and there was change. We're here this morning to worship that king. We know what he's done. We know what he's done for us. We know how he's changed our lives. And if he hasn't, I pray that you just, you, you, you seek out someone to help you know how to, to seek out Jesus this morning. Let's sing together. Let's worship our King. Let's get excited. Let's worship our King this morning. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy path throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to be. How great thou art, how great thou art. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art! How great thou art! And when I think that God is Son, not sparing. Sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. Then on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul.
as we sing it as well. Let's just close our eyes this morning. Whatever it is we're worried about, whatever fears we have, let's close our eyes this morning and let's just, let's give it to God. This next part we sing, it is well with my soul. Whatever it is, let's leave whatever worries, whatever fears we have, let's leave it at the foot of the cross this morning. Let's worship it as well. It is well. Let's sing to God this morning. future, not because we know the answers, God, but because we trust you, God, we know you're in control. God, please speak through Dwayne this morning as, as he comes and he delivers your word, God, and let us hear what it is you have for us today. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Can you hear me back there? Very good. 
all of our voices kind of changed a little bit, so we just want to make sure you can hear back there in the back row. So uh, just want to take the time to uh, thank Jenny and Braden for leading in our worship this morning. They always do an awesome job. Uh, so thank you guys, because uh, you all probably don't realize that uh, the uh, elders and deacons would have to take turns leading worship, and I promise you, you do not want that. So we thank them very much for, for leading worship. They always do an awesome job. Uh, so good morning, guys, and we appreciate you being here to worship with us, and good morning, worship, uh, Facebook people. We thank you for worshiping with us. Uh, today, we're going to mainly focus on uh, communion or the Lord's Supper, which you have kind of seen as we were handing them out as you, uh, the elements as you drove up. Uh, but we, before we take communion together, let's take a look at what season we are in. Okay, if you look at the calendar, we all know that next Sunday is Easter or Resurrection Day, as a lot of us call it, Resurrection Sunday. So that means the first Sunday before Resurrection Day, which is today, is Palm Sunday. So Palm Sunday, what's that about? It's the start of Holy Week, the beginning of Passover week celebration. Palm Sunday is the day we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem, and that's what we're going to basically kind of take off with today here. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record and describe this event in different ways. Uh, this morning we're going to look at Matthew's account, but we're going to take a little bit from each one of the other Gospels to add to it. So if you wouldn't mind, just turn to me, turn with me to uh, pay, uh, Matthew 21, and either on your phone or Bible, however you want to do it, and we'll, we'll just start off with Matthew 21, 1 through 11. Give you a little bit of time to uh, to get there. <clears throat> All right, Matthew twenty one one through eleven. And when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, "Go into the village of opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her." Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says something to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Now this took place that was, that was spoken through the prophet, so that the... Let me start again, verse 4. Now this took place that what was spoken through, the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, verse 5, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and laid on them their garments on which he sat. And most of the multitude spread their garments in the road, and others were cutting, cutting branches from the trees, and spreading them in the road. And the multitudes going before him, and those who followed after were crying out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the multitudes were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Just a little history before this event came that Matthew documented here. For a month or so prior to this, Jesus had been very busy, as he always was. He mostly has been teaching and preaching with and to his disciples by using the parables uh, explaining his betrayal, childlike faith, taxes, 
church discipline, salvation, forgiveness, divorce and marriage, wealth, rewards and recognition in heaven, and many other topics. So you can see he was been very busy preaching and teaching. Also during this time, just a, a few weeks prior to this, this is when Jesus raised his good friend Lazarus from the dead. Also during this time, <clears throat> in following Jewish custom, Jesus, his disciples and followers, along with a great many Jewish people, were all traveling to Jerusalem at this time to celebrate Passover. So let's get back to Matthew. After we kind of get a little history of what's going on here. Verses 2 and 3, back in Matthew 21. Jesus tells his two, two, two of his disciples, Go into the village and find a donkey tied there with a colt, and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything, tell them the Lord has need of them. First thing we see here, this is a great example of showing Jesus showing his disciples and us that he is holy God. He is all-knowing and all-powerful by the fact of his knowledge of a donkey, a colt, and someone who's going to ask about it, and then the owner will immediately hand it over and send it with them. This event fulfilled prophecy also recorded 500 years earlier by Zechariah. So let's just go to Zechariah real quick. Uh, for those of you who know, don't know where that is, it's kind of hard to find. It's in between Haggai and Malachi. For you that are New Testament people, it's the first book right before um, Matthew. So let's turn to Zechariah 9.9 and just read this. What's quoted here in his, in his scripture is just part of what Zechariah is, is prophesying. So Zechariah 9.9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fold of a donkey. So like I say, this was prophesied 500 years before this actual event uh, came about. And seeing that, can you kind of see God's perfect plan coming together? Okay, unknowingly to, to the people around at that time. Let's go to verse 6 and 8. 6 is through 8. Uh, the disciples did as Jesus said and brought the donkey and colt and laid their robes on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. Then most of the large group around them began laying their groups, their, their robes down in his path while also spreading branches they were cutting along the road to Jerusalem. Two items here we'd like to discuss a little bit during this, these verses 6 through 8. First, the palm branches being laid down before Jesus was a symbol of victory, respect, royalty, and goodness. This gesture by the people signified the final victory Jesus would fulfill over death. They had no clue the significance of what they were doing or what was really going on. This is why Palm Sunday is also known as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, his final victory. God's perfect plan, again, weaving together. Second thing we need to look at here is uh, the process of riding into a city on a donkey. It sounds kind of unfamiliar to us, but that was a common sight during these times when an important person or king uh, was entering with an, with an attitude of peace or peaceful intentions this is what he wrote in on. Here Jesus is reminding us with this act that he is the Prince of Peace, which we've heard that many times. Okay? King David rode into cities at times on a donkey. First Kings records that Solomon rode a donkey to his coronation. So this was a common event. So the large people, a large group understood this symbol of Jesus riding in on a donkey as a sign of peace. Verse 9. 
in Matthew. Then the multitudes going before and following him started shouting and crying out. Let's stop here for a minute on that word of multitudes, okay? It means a little bit more than what we think it is. In, in that time, the word multitudes means a large, unorganized group or crowd, okay? We just think of it as a, as a group of people. But this is a very large, unorganized group of crowd. So while he was uh, coming in, a large, unorganized group or crowd, a multitude of people were there. According to history around this time during Passover, it's not this exact year or event, but a few years, give or take, according to history, approximately two and a half to three million Jews were concentrated in Jerusalem. By Jewish custom, a ratio of one lamb to 10 people were slaughtered. That means approximately a ratio of one lamb to 10 people was slaughtered according to their custom. That means approximately 260,000 lambs were sacrificed during this event. These are some large numbers that we're dealing with here that in our own mind, we just kind of think of in our own little family or this, did this, but in a whole large group in Jerusalem, approximately 260,000 lambs were sacrificed during this event. History estimates with these numbers around 200,000 to 250,000 people could have been along the road and at the entrance of Jerusalem as Jesus rode in. In our little Sunday school times that we've taught, uh, Ms. Ron and I have taught for many years and stuff, we, we teach this, but you just in your, our own minds, we just think, well, he was there with his disciples and there's a few friends around as he rode in. But here, according to history, there could have been approximately 200 to 250,000 people around this entrance and along the road as he rode in. <clears throat> so now you can see why the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin were nervous. That's a large group of people and their hatred growing stronger and stronger as they thought a rebellion was forming right in front of their own eyes. <clears throat> So let's go back to verse 9, as we read before. What were they shouting? We'll just repeat it again. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. By the way, we will see this, this same type of event again in Revelations. I want to just read that to you real quick. Uh, Revelation 7, 9 through 10. Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. So as we've, we've always heard that saying, history kind of repeats itself. Here's one of those things we can stand up and raise our hands and sing hallelujah that this little event is going to be repeating itself in our future. Hosanna, as we have just uh, stated, one of the words that they were uh, shouting at this time in the Greek means save us, or in our English language, save us now. Just something to think about. Shouldn't we, 2,000 years later, be shouting the same thing? Hosanna, save us. 
Save us now. Something to think about in our own walk. The question is, as they're saying, Hosanna, save us now. Save us from what? Okay, they were shouting it, but we, we need to know, saving us from what? There were three different camps of attitude or thinking amongst a large multitude of people. First, a small group of followers that were following Jesus knew that they needed a spiritual shape, a savior to be saved from sin, but they just didn't understand the whole process. This was a very small group. A large group, large camp of the Jewish nation wanted a conquering king type savior to be saved from the Roman government and oppression they were under so they could restore their Jewish nation. These two groups were shouting the same thing, but for two different reasons. Which camp are you in? The third camp, I don't believe they were shouting Hosanna myself, but my guess they were shouting things we can't repeat here this morning. For they hated Jesus and everything about him because he challenged their authority. We'll visit these three camps a little bit at the end of the service uh, on that. As we see in scripture, only, a four, only four short days later, some of these same people who are shouting Hosanna are now shouting, crucify him, crucify him. These very same people. How quickly we all can change our attitudes when we don't get what we want. Something to think about. In Luke 19, 41, 42, another account of when Jesus was entering Jerusalem, Luke tells us, as Jesus entered Jerusalem, he wept for the city because he knew these people did not know how much they needed a savior and would soon betray him and crucify him. These events we just mentioned all happened on the first day of the week. So let's, let's look at the chronological order of Jesus in this event of so this week as we call Holy Week, uh, beginning with uh, Palm Sunday. The Jewish calendar in our day is different. I don't know, it really confused me because I've never really studied into that, but I kind of looked up and read a little bit about it. Uh, so their, their day is different than ours. According to Jewish custom, their day starts at nightfall. The nightfall is usually around six o'clock in the evening for them. But this would change according to how the daylight moves with the seasons, the changing of the seasons. Since our day starts at midnight, we are around possibly six hours apart. Remember, nightfall to nightfall for them and midnight to midnight for us, okay? In saying that, Sunday will blend into Monday, Monday will blend into Tuesday, and so on. You kind of get the picture. These events uh, that we're going to talk about here didn't happen exactly on the day of our calendar, but very close, but rest assured they all did happen during this week. And I will use our day system since we're all kind of confused, and I probably confused you on the difference between our, our uh, day and the Jewish day. These are just some of the highlights, but there are many, many more events recorded. On Sunday, we have already discussed this in detail as the start of Holy Week and Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is also the day, according to Jewish custom in celebrating Passover, that they go and retrieve or buy their sacrificial lamb to bring into their home. Remember Palm Sunday, Jesus coming in, entrance, his triumphal entrance. This is also the same day that they go out and retrieve or buy their sacrificial lamb. Once again, God's perfect plan coming together. Monday, upon arrival at the temple, Jesus finds corrupt money changers 
turns the tables over and clears the temple. By Luke's account in chapter 19, verse 49, says, The scriptures declare my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Also that night in Bethany, he stayed the night, Monday night, with good friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Tuesday, Jesus and his disciples go back to Jerusalem and are confronted by the religious leaders who try to arrest him. But he evades them knowing his time has not come. Before he evades them, he rebukes them strongly by saying, and we've heard this, these verses many times, you're like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled with bones and impurities on the inside. Your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. You snakes and sons of vipers, along with many other judgments and rebukes, and this will be found in Matthew 23. So you can see the religious leaders, their hatred is just continuing to grow and grow and grow. Tuesday afternoon at the Mount of Olives, he teaches his disciples using parables about the end times, his second coming, and the final judgments. This is also the day that Judas Iscariot negotiates a deal with a Sanhedrin to betray Jesus. Wednesday. Scripture and history have no record of any particular events on this day, but remember, our days lap over with each other. So a lot of the scholars kind of suggest or hint to the fact that after two very busy days, uh, he went back to Bethany and rested. Thursday, this is the day that we're going to celebrate today. Thursday, this is the day according to Jewish custom, they start preparing for the Passover meal. Before the meal, as we've been taught many times, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Also, during the Passover meal with his disciples, this is where Jesus establishes the communion meal instructions to continually do this in remembrance of me as he shares bread and wine with them. This is all recorded in Luke 22, 19. Later that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus prays to his Father in agony, his sweat becomes like drops of blood. Soon after, Jesus is betrayed with a kiss by Judas, arrested by the Sanhedrin, and taken to the house of Caiaphas, where the religious leaders start making their legal case against him. And most of the time as we, go, as we have uh, grown up in church and Sunday school, we hear all these stories, but it's kind of like here and there in bits and pieces. Well, a lot of these stories that we uh, were taught or even teach ourselves to our kids or Sunday school class, this all happened in within a week. A lot of these major events that we've learned over the years. Friday, trials, beatings, crucifixion, death, and burial of our Lord. Saturday, his body is in the tomb. Sunday, Jesus our Lord and Savior is resurrected. And Seth, I'm sure, will probably expand on this next week as we celebrate uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday. I'm not sure. I'm sure he will, though. So that's, that's the... The whole Holy Week right there that uh, we're kind of uh, talking about the start of Palm Sunday leading up to the, the resurrection. Uh, but let's now let's get back to Thursday. Uh, as we prepare to share communion together this morning, uh, I hope and pray you've been preparing your hearts this week and this morning uh, to partake, partake the Lord's Supper in a rightful manner. Okay, 
Uh, this is very important in the eyes of God, and there aren't any warnings of this. And one example is in 1 Corinthians 11. So make sure your heart is right today, okay? This is important. As Jesus and his disciples are eating the Passover meal, he shares with them according to Luke 22:19 and Mark 14, uh, 23. And this is what he says. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I would like you to focus on that word remembrance. He's asking us to remember, do this in remembrance of me in verse 19 for just a moment. That word remembrance, well, kind of basically know a little bit what that means. Remember, to reflect, to ponder, which means together, combine, and weigh out these events we've just shared with you. But most importantly, reflect on the sacrifice and the blood our Lord Jesus shed for our salvation. I want to give you a few minutes to remember, reflect, and ponder about what Christ our Lord and Savior has done for you this morning. If you have family or children with you, take a moment to, to talk about what Christ means to you. I know we're all kind of huddled up in our own little cars. That's why I'm suggesting this, okay? If you have a family or children with you, take a moment to talk about what Christ means to you this morning and the beautiful gift of salvation. Those at home, take this time on Facebook uh, to maybe go get you some juice and crackers if you'd like to take communion with us at this time. So, so we'll just pause a few minutes here, and I'd like for you, if you're, as families, or if you're there yourself, just ponder yourself. Uh, just have a few minutes of worship time alone. Or like I say, if you have family, your kids, just share. Okay, remember, share with your kids and your family of what went on, what our Christ did for us in shedding his blood for our salvation. So please take a few minutes. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes to just to ponder and think about what our Lord has done for you today and throughout your life. Uh, I'm going to pray at this time, and after I get through praying, let's take our communion together. And hopefully everyone has the elements with them that we passed out. Uh, so I'm going to pray, and then we'll take communion together. Father God, we just uh, let's humbly come before you today, Father, as we just, we just want to worship you. And Father, just this special time of taking communion. Uh, Father, as, as you've commanded us to, to do this in remembrance of you, Father, and there's just so many things, uh, Father, that we can draw from of remembering what all you have done your whole life, Father, but mainly the shedding of blood, the broken body, the sacrifice that you made, that you gave for us, for our salvation. Father, you made the payment, the ultimate payment that we could never pay for the sins against you. So, Father, as we... Uh, 
take communion this morning. We just want to worship you. We just want to love you. And we just want to thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So you'll take the little packet that, uh, that we gave you, gave out. Uh, just open it up. Uh, and we'll just take communion together. Kind of a little difficult, so take your time. Just got a little cracker in there. Thank you for sharing communion with us this morning. As Jenny and Braden make their way up to close us in songs, Remember I said we're going to get back to those three camps? Okay? So my question is, which camp are you in? First camp. You know you needed a Savior. You've repented and have a personal relationship with Jesus. Or are you in the second camp? You want a Savior or are you just, just to get you out of what you're in, your situations you're in? You just want somebody to get you out of your bind? Okay? Or the third, third camp. You don't think you need a Savior. And you hate God. You hate everything about Him. Today, I hope and pray, if you have a desire in your heart to know more about this Jesus we have talked about today, please get a hold of Seth, Bo, myself, the deacons, or anyone else out here. Please get a hold of us by phone, text, email, or as we're told to do, stand six feet apart. But we can still share Jesus six feet apart. I guarantee it we can do that. We would be happy to share with you the love of Jesus this morning. As we close, I want to quote C.H. Spurgeon. This is a prayer he gave after a sermon he preached in 1861 titled, The Triumphal Entry into Jerusalem. Jesus, heal us. Save us, son of David. Save us. Thou seest how blind we be. Oh, give us the sight of faith. Thou seest how lame we be. Oh, give us the strength of grace. And now, even now, thou son of David, purge out our selfishness and come and live and reign in us in thy temple places. We ask it, O thou great King, for thine own sake. And ere we leave this place, we cry again, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. cry out to our King this morning. Let us worship with open hearts. Let us fix our eyes on Him. Let's worship. Trouble, oh,
we trust you. We know our help is in you, God. Thank you for your blood, God. We are saved because of your son, God, because of your grace. God, I pray that we go out this morning, God, just knowing that our help is in you, God. We have faith, we have trust, we have peace because of you, God. God, we love you. We thank you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all are dismissed. All these children